Smith with me today. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited to continue our study in the in the narrative short story of Ruth. And so this has been some fascinating things even in chapter one here. And so we're looking uh, forward to uh, chapter two and three with you, Michael. And, uh, you know, Ruth, uh, one uh, commentator, one teacher has said, J. Vernon McGee, the book of Ruth is a pearl in the swine pen of the judges. I it's love a, that quote. It's a literary masterpiece. Yeah. And um, as we unwind these 85 verses, 56 of them involve dialogue between others as they move the story along. And so you've got a lot of that in your passage. And so where are we going? And give us some highlights. Yeah, so where we left off in chapter 1, Naomi, uh, this Israelite woman, has she and her family have moved to Moab. Her sons have married Moabite women. And then all the men die. Every man in chapter 1 dies. And... Uh, One of her daughter-in-laws, Orpah, decides to stay, and her other daughter-in-law, Ruth, famously says, where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And so we find Naomi and Ruth back in Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. And of course, as followers of Jesus, anytime we see Bethlehem, we raise an eyebrow. We know how significant that city's going to be. Seems like there were two other really famous people in the scriptures that were from there. Yeah, and the book of Ruth is going to be a big flashing arrow pointing ahead to both of those guys. That's right. Uh, but in chapter two, uh, Naomi and Ruth are now two widows, an mm-hmm. older widow and a younger widow, um, living in Bethlehem, and it's the time of the barley harvest. And so what we see is Ruth sort of takes the bull by the horn, so to speak. She's she's a person who has agency. She has drive. She's going to go out and get some things done. She's not going to just sit back and weep over her mm-hmm. situation. We talked last week about how Naomi is bitter. Her relationship with the Lord seems very broken. And her only line of dialogue in the beginning of chapter two is Ruth says, hey, I'm going to go glean in the fields. And Naomi says, go, my daughter. That's like all she can muster is just to say, yeah, whatever, go, go. And it's interesting because what we see here is that when God gave Israel the law, he put a provision in the law for people in Ruth's situation. It's called gleaning. And um, when we think glean, we think, um, you know, take something away from it. What did you glean from that talk? Um, the the word that we might use for what she's doing is scavenging. Um, yeah. She's going behind those harvesting the fields. Picking up the edges or on the yeah. edges and the leftovers. Yeah. yeah. And, and God had specifically told them, don't harvest the edges of the field. Leave that for the fatherless or the orphan, the widow, the person who has no means to take care of themselves, leave the edges for them. And Mm -hmm. so she goes and she's gleaning in the field and these workers notice her work ethic. They notice, man, she's working hard. She's working so hard that the next character we're going to meet notices her and that character is Boaz. And Boaz owns the field and he, he notices Ruth and he says, who is this woman who's working so hard? And yeah. the workers say, oh, that's Naomi's daughter-in-law, the Moabite. And and so Boaz tells the workers, um, leave a little extra for her. Um, take care of her. Let her have a drink of water. Mm. Uh, Boaz shows this remarkable kindness 
to what the Bible calls a sojourner. We might call her an immigrant. She's a foreigner, and she's just there trying to get by. And Mm. Boaz tells his his workers, his guys, um, take take care of her. And so she goes home with leftovers from the lunch that Boaz has served his workers, Mm. and uh, Naomi can hardly believe it. Um, Here she's come home with grain. She's come home with leftover food. Um, We can see them moving from this emptiness of chapter 1 toward fullness, and it's due to three things. Ruth taking the initiative and working hard. Boaz obeying the spirit of the law in providing for the sojourner, Mm -hmm. the widow. And then thirdly, and this is the big one, God's at work. And God's at work in in these mundane things of getting up and going to work. And for Boaz, running a business and how he treats his employees, we see God at work in all those little spaces. And as we move from chapter 2 into chapter 3, um, some time has passed. We don't know how long, but the, the harvest has progressed because now they're to the point that they've got the barley in from the field and they're going to thresh it, which is, means they're going to they're gonna, um, separate the grain they want to keep mm-hmm. from the chaff that they want to let that blow away. And so um, some time has passed and Naomi says, here's the plan tonight at the threshing floor. You, Ruth, go and uncover... Boaz's feet after he falls asleep mm. and then do what he says. So we read this and it seems really strange. We don't know what a yeah. threshing floor is. We don't understand uncovering the feet. But here's the big idea. There's going to be a big event at work. Everyone's yeah. going to be there. And when the event ends, everyone's going to sleep there with the harvest for a couple of reasons. One, they're going to wake up and go back to work. But That's two, right. they're going to protect it. It's a security measure to just sleep there. And so Ruth is going to wait until Boaz goes to sleep, and then she's going to uncover his feet. I don't know about you, but if I'm sleeping under the stars and the wind starts blowing across my exposed feet, I'm probably (laughs) going to wake up. I think it was just a subtle way to awaken him. And when he awakens, he realizes there's a woman here. And he says, who are you? And she says, it's me, Ruth. And then she says, spread your cloak or take me under your wings. It's a very sort of forward way of saying, um, take me into your family. Let me yeah. move from being just your servant working uh. and gleaning in the corners of your fields to being part of your family. You're a kinsman. Yeah. You're, and we're going to talk more next week about what it means to be a redeemer. But he's someone who can bring... Elimelech's property back into the family and take Ruth into the family. And and ultimately give Naomi a hope and a future. Exactly. As well. And you can sense Naomi's thinking that something could happen here because she moves from hopelessness to kind of pushing this plan forward and yes. taking some initiative. She's gone from barely lifting her head to say, go, my daughter, to saying, let me tell you what to do and laying out this whole plan. <laughs> As any good mother-in-law would. Exactly, no yeah. exactly. And so Boaz very honorably says to Ruth, we want to do this the right way. There's another relative who's actually ahead of me in line to get this family land. Yeah. So let's consult him, and he gives her an over and above amount of grain to take home. It's like a show of his generosity Mm. and to signal his good intentions 
to do exactly what Ruth and Naomi were hoping and probably praying that he would do. Um, But we're going to see next week when we move into chapter four, he's going to do it the right way. Yeah. So we've gone from fooled to empty um, to gleaning on the edges now to this this gracious abundance. Yeah. Yeah. It's an overflowing, like the amount of barley he gives her, she would have had to have like taken a shawl and filled it up to carry it home. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we, we're seeing a total reversal of Ruth and Naomi's situation yeah. given by God through the godly man, Boaz. Well, Michael, you and I both know that most Sundays we have about 30 minutes to kind of walk through. And narrative is tricky because there's a lot there and you have to pick and choose what you share. Um, what's something that you'd love to share with us here on Sermon Notes that maybe you, uh, we won't hear on a Sunday? Yeah, I would. if I had more time, I would love to talk about just not just Boaz, the man, the honorable man, the man who goes beyond what the law requires and um, the man who shows compassion for this widow, but I'd like to talk even about Boaz, the businessman. Like mm. the first time we see him, here he is, he's the owner uh, he could be home eating grapes or olives, maybe, <laughs> since yeah. they're in Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's out in the field with his guys. And when he greets them, uh, he says to them, the Lord, Yahweh, be with you. And they answer him, um, the Lord bless you, Yahweh bless you. It's mm-hmm. like he has this faith that he exudes it into his workers and his workers reflect it back to him. There's this mutual blessing Mm. between him and the workers. And then we see him when they're eating lunch in the field, there's Boaz with his workers. He he's eating with them and he's making sure that Ruth has water to drink. And, and then of course, when they're at the threshing floor, there's Boaz um, working Mm. with the men sleeping out there under the stars. And, and you know, it it says um, after he had ate, And drunk, I think it means um, he had a little wine. I don't think it was excessive. Uh, He's enjoying the fruits of his labor. Yeah. And so here's a guy following the law, Yahweh. Um, He's he's listening to God. He's obedient to God. Um, He has a great relationship, it seems like, from this short text with his workers, uh, with his business, the land. He's caring for the land just as God had called him to. And he's enjoying the fruits of that labor. Yeah. Um, He goes to sleep. I just imagine him looking up at the stars and thanking God for the harvest and falling asleep right there surrounded by his workers. And so I just think... Experiencing fullness. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you mentioned this, um, what J. Vernon McGee said, it's a pearl um, in the the pigsty that is judges. I think uh, Boaz, he shines all the brighter because of the darkness all around him. If we flip over and read Judges, the stories are dark, the sin is disgusting. And here's a man obeying the Lord, enjoying his work, and God's blessing him in the process. Yeah, one with great authority and power, but he seems to do it in a servant way and live on the level with his workers. Yep. And yet take full responsibility for their well-being and making sure this operation runs. So. And looking yeah. for an opportunity to, to, to be a blessing to be a blessing to this this woman of who's got great need a widow from another country who's there in his field he could have run her off um, but he didn't he blessed her yeah well again I can't wait until next week's episode in our passage as we uh, move into chapter four we got a couple of really good teachings I think coming up Michael and so hey thanks for being with us here on sermon notes and uh, we'll. Um, Talk with you guys next week.